Come on, somebody, if you're a believer for an awakening in 2018, let's give God some praise. Make some noise in this place. My goodness, five years. Can you believe it? Man, thank you guys for being here. For those of you who have been with us for years or those of you that are here maybe for the first time ever, uh, we're glad you came to celebrate with us today. My name is Caleb. I'm one of the pastors here. And today is Vision Sunday. And I just want to share with us a little bit about vision. But how many of you know that vision is a picture? It's a picture of what something could be like, of what something could be. But one thing about vision is that vision leaks. You see, if you don't stay focused on the vision, it's very quickly can change and leak until you're left with something that wasn't what your original intent was. Now, I hope you have a vision for your life, a vision for your marriage, a vision for your family. But this idea of vision is something that can leak very quickly. I remember uh, about a year ago, we had a minivan. Uh, I'm on, I was on that minivan life. But let me tell you something, a month ago, moved away from the minivan of life. Come on, somebody. Uh, I am thankful and grateful. Uh, you know, my, my, my dad's swag went up, so that's a good thing. But I remember about a year ago, my van was riding really rough, and it wasn't riding well. It wasn't driving well, and I was thinking, man, what's, what's going on with this van? Maybe I need to get it worked on. Maybe there's something wrong with the, you know, mechanical side. And then I, I just happened to, to check my tire pressure. And my tire pressure, which was supposed to be around 48, the front two tires were a 32 and the back two were like a 26. And then I realized quickly, no wonder it's riding rough. So I filled up all the tires. I drove away and it was like I was driving a brand new vehicle. Man, it changed everything. Vision leaks. It can leak pretty quickly and a vision is usually uh, about our future and where we're going, what we want to see. But often what we don't realize is we have to remember the original vision we had in the beginning to continue to walk out the vision that we have for the future. And so I want to look back for a minute at why God or what God put in our hearts when we first started Project Church. See, when we first started, we said Project Church exists to lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. That was why it existed. To lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. Why? Because this world is in bondage. It's in bondage to the wrong desires this, is, this culture would put on it. This world is in chains. Uh, it, it, it's in bondage to the things of this world that have gotten a hold of it. Materialism. And we have the answer. We know what true life looks like and we know where freedom comes from and it's from the person and the Savior of Jesus Christ. And so we have to declare today and every day that we are here to lead people to find life and freedom in Jesus. But how do we do that? How do we lead people to life and freedom in Jesus? Well, we don't have to guess because the Bible actually gives us a blueprint. Like the Bible actually lays out this is how you lead people to life and freedom. This is how you do it. You love people and you make disciples. That's what Jesus told us. He told us they'll, they'll know you by your love. His last command to us was to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's our blueprint. But he also said, I will build my church 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's what Jesus said to us. But what's crazy is he uses us and he chose us to be the hands and feet that build the church alongside of him. He chose you and he chose me. And so our threefold mandate as a church that we started with is that we would make disciples and we would love people because that's what the word of God tells us to do. But we believe that the best way to make disciples and love people is to plant churches. So that's why five years ago, the opening Sunday of Project Church, it was January 27th of 2013, I stood on a stage that did not look like this one in an old bank building. And I declared that we are going to be a church that plants churches and our next church plant will be in West Sacramento. And let me tell you something, I was just in West Sacramento for the 1030 service. And in the last three months, that campus has grown more than ever before. In fact, two weeks ago, they had their biggest Sunday ever outside of Easter in West Sacramento. Why? Because God called us to plant churches and we are making disciples and loving people through those church plants. And so I can't wait to see. In fact, I spoke it over them today. I said, listen, Easter Sunday, we've already decided we're doing two services in West Sacramento. Why? Because we're speaking it out. We're believing for it. This campus is growing and we're believing for greater growth. Let me tell you, God is doing something. But we have to look back at the vision that God gave us in the beginning to walk forward into the vision that God has us for the future. God has for us for the future. So I want to read from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 through 16. I usually read from the ESV or the English Standard Version. But today I'm going to read it from the message because I came across it or I looked at it in the message and it just really spoke to me. So it puts in a little more modern day terms. I figure, hey, we got glow sticks in the house. It's a good day to read the message version, okay? So let's go. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off these frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. This is the awakening that we're talking about today. These are desperate times. Let me tell you, it feels like our world is going backwards and our culture and our nation is going backwards. It feels like we are more racially divided than in a long time. It feels like we're more politically charged than in a long time. It feels like these are desperate times. And let me tell you, it's because they are. And that's why we need the church to wake up. That's why we need the church of Jesus Christ to awaken from its sleep, to get out of its coffin, and to come to life, to bring life to all people in this world. It's time for an awakening. And so the title of my message today is We Are That Church. Everybody say, That Church. We are that church. And here's what I mean by that. I think for a long time people will be like, oh, they're that church. That church that hates everybody, that doesn't let new people in, that isn't welcoming of the outsider. They're that church that's just for a certain specific group of people that look a certain. But I believe that God is calling us for our vision for the future, that we would be that church, 
that church that loves unabashedly and unashamedly, that loves everyone that walks through our doors. We are that church that is about every person that we come across. We are that church that serves faithfully, that gives unabashedly. We are that church that proclaims the truth and the love of Jesus Christ wherever we go. We are that church that prays like never before. We are that church that serves like never before. We are that church that goes into the dark places with the light of Jesus Christ. We are that church that doesn't run from a fight. We run to a fight. We are that church that stands in the gap for those who have been maligned, those who have been disenfranchised. We are that church that care for and cry out for justice in this world. That we will be that church. Somebody say that church. So I have six statements for us today that I believe are going to define that church. That church. Number one, we don't have to, we get to. Everybody say get to. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think for a long time, people are like, oh, I have to give. Oh, I have to serve. The pastor's on me about it. The pastor keeps preaching about it. The Bible tells me I'm supposed to. And so we had this have-to mentality. But when you are that church, you don't have to, you get to. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to give. It's a blessing to serve. It's a blessing to stand in the gap for those that can't stand in the gap for themselves. We don't have to, we get to. We are that church. Second, we will be known more for what we are for than what we are against. We are that church. Luke 14, 23 says, God into the highways and the byways to compel people to come. I think the church for too long has been known for what they're against. We're against that group of people. We're against Disneyland. <laughs> we love, we protest everything. I'm protesting Disneyland, I'm protesting Target, I'm protesting the church, man. We love to protest stuff. We've been known and characterized more for what we're against than what we're for. But when we're that church, we stand up for what we are for. We are for people. We are for the lost. We are for the disenfranchised. We are for the hurting. We are for the homeless. We are for the desperate. We are for the women. We are for the men. We are for people because Jesus is for people. How many know Jesus is for people? So we will be for this world. And so, in fact, I've been playing around and toying with this idea that moving forward, one of our, our movements, I don't know when we're going to roll this out, will be for Sacramento. For West Sacramento. That'll be what, what we proclaim everywhere. Hashtag for Sacramento. Hashtag for, for West Sacramento. Why? Because we don't want to be known what we're, what we're against. We want to be known for what we are for. The church is for this city. It's for these people. It's for downtown. It's for, the, for West Sacramento. It's for the suburbs. It's for everyone. We're no more for what we're for than what we're against. Third, we won't play it safe. We will walk in audacious faith. Somebody say faith in this place. Somebody say faith in this place. Man, I, I got to tell you, y'all that are single, I got to encourage you, you should get married. Because my wife, man, when the Holy Spirit isn't speaking to me, I got Holy Spirit Junior over here and she speaks to me. And so my wife has been the Holy Spirit in my life a lot of the time. And so I'll, I'll, be, ignore, I'll be ignoring the Holy Spirit and she just confirms what the Holy Spirit is saying. 
And so I'm thankful for a spouse that loves the Lord and that hears from the Lord. So when you're searching for that spouse, you need to be searching for someone that loves Jesus like you love Jesus. Loves Jesus more than you love Jesus. But that's another sermon. But I say that to say my wife is a person that calls me out when I'm playing it safe. Because I like to play it safe. Because guess what happens when you play it safe? You are in control. When you play it safe, you got to figure it out. When you play it safe, you're in control. When you play it safe, there's no risk. There's nothing that could happen that could go wrong. But here's another thing we do in the church. We want to ask for miracles. We say, God, work a miracle. God, we want to see miracles again. We want to see miracles in our lives. We want to see miracles in our families. We want to see miracles in our church. But we never step out in faith to give God a chance to work a miracle. How can God work a miracle when we're already always playing it safe? You can't walk in, on water if you don't get out of the boat. So we will be a church that walks in audacious faith. We don't play it safe. We walk in faith. Because when you walk in faith, then you give God a chance to work the miracles that he wants to work in your life and in your church. We will walk in audacious faith. Mark 10, 45. The Son of Man didn't come to serve, but to, didn't come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't come to play it safe. He came to lay it all down. How many of us have been playing it safe in our lives? And I want you to hear me in this because I think that one thing, one, one message that we've told the church that was wrong is that what I'm doing up here is more holy than what you do Monday through Friday. That this job is more holy than your jobs. But I'm here to tell you that what you do Monday through Friday is just as holy as what I do when I stand up here and preach from God's word. You want to know why? Because every day God has placed you and called you to a specific place in your job, to specific people, and you are there to be a light in the darkness. Right now I'm up here and I'm proclaiming light, but I'm in a sea of light. I'm in a sea of light in this room. So what you're doing is just as holy. It's just as powerful. And God, you, you may not be where you want to be. Your job is, you're like, this isn't exactly where I want to be though, Caleb. Well, guess what? It's where God's placed you right now. It's where God's called you for now. So do the most with what he's given and what he's put in your hand. Be faithful with the small things. I believe he'll give you greater things. But it is holy. Whatever you're doing right now, whatever your job is, it is holy. Walk it out like a call. Walk it out like it's your purpose. Walk it out with greater faith. But guess what? The church is built not on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifice of many. If this church is going to continue to be a light in the darkness, to continue to take back what the enemy has taken from us, to continue to proclaim the truth of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, it is going to take all of us in this place coming together, serving, walking out audacious faith, and giving of ourselves sacrificially. You know, you can play it safe and just show up. We live in a consumer Christianity culture. You can play it safe and just show up and just chill and take it easy. But number four today is this. We aren't building a cruise ship. We are building a battleship. Come on, somebody. 
The church for too long has been about a cruise ship. Oh, we got a buffet for all of you. Just take it easy, enjoy, receive, be blessed. Uh, just take in, take in more, 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 more. No, that's not what God is looking for. He's looking for some warriors. He's looking for some battle-ready people that will stand up and say, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I have a commission and I have a call. The Bible tells us that the enemy is seeking who he may devour. He's on a mission to destroy us, and the church needs to get on a mission to fight back. We battle not against flesh and blood. We battle against principalities and powers of darkness in this world. It's time for the church to realize we are in a battle. We need battle-ready warriors. We need to rise up, step up. We need to be a church that prays. We need to be a church of the word. We need to be a church that serves. We need to be a church that loves. Why? Because we are on a battleship. If you want a cruise ship, you better go somewhere else. Straight up. Because we are building a battleship here. Because we are in a battle. Let me tell you, we are in a battle in downtown Sacramento. We are in a battle where God has called us. And we need battle-ready people to say, no longer will I sit on the sidelines. No longer will it be about me. No longer will I take it easy. But I'm here to work. I'm here to serve. I'm here to love. I'm here to battle. I'm here to stand in the gap in what God is calling us to do. We aren't building a cruise ship. We're building a battleship. Number five is we know the world parties to forget, but we will party to remember. Some of you got religious when you walked in here today on me. I saw it in your eyes. You're like, I don't know how I feel about these glow sticks. I mean, seriously, is the Lord pleased with this? I don't know. The Holy Spirit is just, I think you might be, I'm grieved in my spirit. Like, like I love when people say that to me. My spirit is grieved by what I'm seeing. You guys are having way too much fun in church. My spirit is grieved. <laughs> Project Church. The church should be the most fun place in the world. We should have the greatest parties that anyone has ever seen. Some of y'all were in the club last night across the street. The dive bar has got nothing on Project Church on a Sunday morning at 11.30. Come on, somebody. The world parties to forget. Why? Because they want to forget about their past. They want to forget about their mistakes. They want to forget about their pain. They want to forget about what they've been through. They want to forget about the situation they find themselves in right now. What are we remembering and why are we partying? Because we're remembering that we were there, but now we're here. We may not be exactly where we want to be, but at least we're not where we used to be. We have freedom. We have been set free. Bondages have been loosed. Chains have been broken. Marriages have been restored. People have been saved. People have been baptized. We got something to party about and something to remember. We need to get lit up in here, church. The world parties to forget, but we party to remember. Y'all weren't ready for today. I know you weren't. You came here. You were not ready. I came to preach, Project Church. Finally, we will be a place that you don't have to believe to belong. And we say this all the time. We say this every week. And I've had a lot of people come to me and be like, I don't know how I feel about that statement. I'm like, well, let me tell you why. Let me explain this to you. Because for too long, people felt like they had to look a certain way before they walked through those doors. For too long, the church was characterized by, you got to fit the mold before you can come and sit and be with us. 
But we have decided that as a church, we will say, you can belong here before you even believe here. You can belong just as you are in your mess, in your junk. You may be just beginning this faith journey. You may not even know how you feel about this faith journey. But let me tell you something. You can belong in this church. You can be a part of this family. But hear me in this church. Our heart and our belief is that they would believe because we believe that Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life, that no man comes to the Father except through Him. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to the Father. So our heart and our goal and our mission and our vision and our purpose is that people would believe, but they can belong first. Because what I found, we try to change people. We try to fix people. You know who the best change agent the best fixer out there is the holy spirit we just need people to get in touch and to get in the presence of the holy spirit and he'll fix anything that we think needs to be fixed and there's some things that we think need to be fixed and he's saying no i ain't ready to fix that i don't need to fix that yet i'm going to use that for my glory so before this smoke is getting me before you judge somebody tell them that they can belong here and let jesus change them you aren't here to change anybody. Jesus changes people. I don't change anybody. Jesus changes people. It's about him. So, I'm going to close right now. I've never told our church this. But I'm going to tell you. Because here's what I believe. Sometimes God puts things in our heart. And we got to speak them out before we can walk them out. And I think there's some people in here that God has put something in your heart. You've never spoken it out. And as a result, you're not walking it out. You haven't verbalized it. You know why we don't verbalize things? Because we're afraid. Because of fear. Because of hesitation. Because of what people might think. Because of what people might say. And some of y'all are going to think this is crazy. But six years ago... Chris, Chrissy and I were praying and the Lord spoke to us and told us that we were supposed to plant a church six years ago. We didn't know what this church was going to look like. We just knew God put it in our hearts to plant a church. We didn't even know where at the time. And then God brought me to this passage in the same time frame. It was, I was reading in the Bible. I came across John chapter 1 and I, I came to this passage in John 1. And I'm reading in John 1. And it says that Jesus had 72 disciples with him. So I know he had 12, and we just think about the 12, and those were his close disciples. But he had more than that. It said he had 72 disciples with him. And he said, I'm going to send you out in pairs of two to go and to preach my gospel and my name to all different towns and cities around this area, around this region. And so I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm really good at math, guys. So I figured out, I'm not, I'm kidding. I figured out half of 70, because he sent them in pairs of two to 72, or 72 of them in pairs of two to all different locations. That means he sent them to 36 different locations. And the Lord spoke to me right then in that moment and said, Caleb, I'm calling you and speaking to you that you are to plant 36 churches. And so I told my wife, and I was like, Chrissy's like, this is probably going to sound crazy, but I feel like the Lord just told me that we're supposed to plant 36 churches. I read this passage. She was like, yes, of course, that's amazing. Let's do it. If you don't know my wife, 
you know that there's nine gifts of the Spirit. One of them is faith, and that is her number one. And she was like, yes, amen, that's what we're going to do. That's God's call on us, yes. She's like, oh, my gosh, like, I thought you would, like, at least hesitate a minute. And she's like, oh, and not only that, but we should call it Project 36. I was like, oh, that's, that's great, yes. So fast forward six months, and we're trying to name our church. We don't know what to name our church, and people are throwing out all kinds of ideas. We had a small team. They're like, City Church, Hipster Church, Skinny Jeans Church, you know, like, like throwing out all kinds of names. Crazy stuff. Mosaic, we're just throwing out names we'd heard before. Fire Church, like you get burned, you know, it's like awesome. So we had all these crazy names out there and we're going through them, we're talking about them. And my wife just came to me, she said, Caleb, we already have the name. So what do you mean? She said, God spoke to us. I spoke out Project 36. We're calling it Project Church, a place for people in progress. And I said, you're right. So the team was like, here's our ideas. I go, nope, we already got the name. (laughs) We're calling it Project Church. So now y'all know where our name came from. But listen, I want to speak it out. I don't know. This, is, this isn't going to take five years. This isn't going to take 10 years. This isn't going to take 20 years. This might take 30 years. It might take 40 years. But I believe that God has put it in our heart to continue to plant churches. And so in 2019, we'll be launching our third campus. Our goal is January. I'm not going to set that for sure. But in 2019, we'll be planting our next campus. Why? Because we are here to lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. And we do that by making disciples, loving people. And the best way to do that is to plant churches. So we'll be a church that continues to plant churches. Not only that, but I wanted to tell you, we've been working and nailing down, and I haven't signed on the dotted line yet, but we have a building on 2nd Street that it's looking like is going to be a great opportunity for us as a church to have a permanent home. And so I wanted to tell you, because people have been asking me, and uh, we're moving forward. We've been saving money. You guys all have been giving. Thank you for your faithfulness. And God's prepared us and we're ready for it. But I wanted to remind us of something because I felt like for a minute there, we got in our minds that like the building was the vision. Let me tell you something. The, vi- the building is not the vision. The building is a means to accomplishing the vision. Whether we're in a permanent building or we're at the Crest Sacramento or Stonegate Elementary in West Sacramento or a school in Roseville or a school in Elk Grove, we will continue to proclaim the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ that he is here to seek and to save all who are lost, to set the captives free, to break bondage, to break chains, to restore marriages, to bring healing to a broken and dying world. That is the vision. So let's walk that out. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter if we're here at the crest. It doesn't matter if we're in some building. When God opens doors, we will walk through them. When he shuts doors, we'll just say, okay, God, you got a better door for us. May we awaken something in our hearts and in our souls. We're going to sing a couple songs before we go to celebrate. But listen to me. I think some of us, there's somebody in this place that needed to hear This verse that I read earlier, which is this, wake up from your sleep, climb out of your coffin. You've fallen asleep spiritually. Someone in this place has maybe, maybe feels dead spiritually. 
You knew God at one time, but you've walked away. You feel like your soul is dead. You feel like your soul has fallen asleep. Today, God wanted to speak out over you and declare over our church that it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to awaken. It is time for the church of Jesus Christ to get out of our coffins. We have a purpose. We have a call. We have a mission. We can't sleep any longer. We can't sit on the sidelines any longer. We can't hang out in a tomb with a bunch of dead things. It's time to wake up and walk out and do what God is calling us to do. Somebody in this place, God is speaking to you to awaken your soul. He wanted to awaken your soul today. He loves you so much. He wanted you here to hear this. Because he wants to give you the best life. The fullest life. And that's a life walking with him every single day. With him leading. With him guiding. With his hope in you. Would you bow your heads with me across this place?